Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Clash Limited does not promote any host or guest's individual practice, programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. Good evening and welcome to the Bright Not Broken radio show on the Coffee Clatch Network. We are so excited this evening to be bringing you this program. We are just having a wonderful time with our award-winning author guest this evening. Her name is Jennifer Cook O'Toole. And if you haven't heard the term Asper Kids, you're going to hear it this evening. And you're you're in store for just some wonderful information tonight. And uh, Jennifer, it's very true what it says in her in her bio that she is bubbly and spirited. I I can attest to that. Um, tonight uh, joining me is also uh, Rebecca Banks, my co-host. Rebecca, are you there? I am, Diane. Wonderful. And so um, we would before I introduce Jennifer, I'd like to tell you a little bit about her. Um, it, there's just so much. I don't know. I could spend the 30 minutes reading her, her bio. I believe she is an award-winning author of two very important books for parents, uh, professionals, and teens and tweens of Asperger syndrome. Her books are entitled, the one that is currently available is Asperger Kids, An Insider's Guide to Loving, Understanding, and Teaching Children with Asperger Syndrome. And the upcoming book, which will be out very soon in September, I believe, is called Asperger Kids Secret Book of Social Rules, a handbook of not so obvious guidelines for teens and tweens. Jennifer is also an individual with Asperger syndrome herself, a mother of three Asperger kids, and wife of an Aspie. She's an award winning special educator, and she uh, also started. Um, an organization called Asper Kids LLC, a multimedia social education company. I think we could learn a lot from Jennifer. I know uh, Rebecca and I could definitely, but we welcome you tonight, Jennifer. Are you there? Thank you. I sure am. I, yes, it has been an extraordinary year because everything that you described, um, plus a couple other just amazing things that have come my way that continue to knock me over with a feather, you know, it, it's <laughs> been less than a year since this all began. And, wow. um, yeah, wow. it's just <sighs> absolutely tremendous. And I, and I keep saying it, and I mean it with no false humility. I just so feel that we are on the cusp of really understanding what ASI is um, and I love your 2E expression, the choice except that just, yes, 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 yes. And I just feel so privileged to get to be a part of this discussion. Um, 
in you know in this past year, um, I know that that you all know I was fortunate enough to um, be awarded the 2012 Temple Grandin Award, um, yes. as well as the the Grasp um, 2012 Distinguished Spectrumite Medal with Leanne Holiday Willie, the renowned Leanne Holiday Willie, who mm-hmm. also wrote the foreword to Asper Kids and has since. again, taken me under her wing and officially calls um, herself my mentor. So I I don't know how, yeah, right, wow, wow, Mm -hmm. I just go around going wow every day. Yes. And feeling so, so, so at once um, incredibly fortunate and also incredibly, um, golly, burden would not be the right word because that sounds so darn negative, but incredibly responsible um, for doing this right. Um, for yes. for all of our children that are twice, three times, four times exceptional, um, mm-hmm. and and making sure that um, that like you, that what I put out there is is quality, is real, and is in, incredibly authentic and from my gut. And golly, if I can make people laugh along the way, and it's fine to be laughing at me as well, um, <laughs> then all that all the better. That's the way to do it. So. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And I think we do share a lot in common. And as we were reviewing uh, your books, you know, we both said not only were they wonderful tools that we would be more than happy to share with our listeners and our readers, but also um, you made me think of my own son who just turned 22 this week, who is one of... All three of my children are Spectrum, but he definitely, my son Sam, is one of the reasons, um, the main reasons that I've continued to search for these answers. And and I, I really think, you know, um, that he would probably love to read your book. And, and that's a compliment because he doesn't read a lot of books. He will follow mm-hmm. the information. But mm-hmm. I think your newest book about the hidden rules of, of um, the hidden social rules, the secret book, are important. He actually is in in the service field right now. He is um, a server, and we were a little nervous when he took that on. And um, on Father's Day, we went for dinner where he works, and my husband, we were waiting for his table. My husband kept saying, he kept standing up because it was so crowded, and he said, look, that's our son. He's actually smiling and interacting with people. Are you sure that's our son? (laughs) Because but, um, he, had, he was in his element. He knew what to do. He had his his, right. his script, his format, his routine. And, I mean, that's that's all, you know, he probably just felt like king of the world at that moment. That's right. But I, but I really believe, even for even though your book states, you know, specifically for teens and tweens, I think mm-hmm. that everyone should be aware, you know, even at 22 or 32 or 52, if you've just come on board and understanding why you feel like an alien yeah. in this social world, that there's so many helpful tips in there. And so um, to start that out, if you could just we kind of back up a little bit sure. and tell us a little bit about your personal journey, about what led you to write these helpful books about Esper Kids, and then define for our listeners exactly what is an Esper Right. Uh, you know, it's so funny. This is another part of my like favorite thing because I'm an absolute uh, just word lover. And I made up a word. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> sent me a keep calm and um, love an Asper Kid pin on Pinterest. And I thought I'm just now oh. in heaven. This is fabulous. Asper Kid, honestly, was just sort of a, a term that I used in our own home, as a, our own personal vernacular. And really it evolved out of um, Rudy Simone's phrase, Asper Girl. And I was using that initially. The eldest of my three is 
is an Asper girl. Um, so she was the first diagnosed, and so I used that with her. But then when her brothers came along, I had to sort of make it into a little bit of a more gender-neutral term, and Asper kid evolved. Um, and really the way I, I see it is sort of I think the way that many adults see the word Aspie um, in, compared, in comparison to the phrase has Asperger's syndrome, although you know, certainly that's clinically correct. Um, I think that it, it, it is sort of more describing in a genial phenotype kind of way, this is what this kind of person likes, this is where their general aptitudes tend to lie, um, and this might be where their common areas of struggle are. But none of that being said with any derision or, um, you know, with any judgment about their, their quality of intelligence or of life or anything beyond that. So really, it started off just as a simple phrase, the way I could refer to my kiddos and, you know, in mass um, that in a way that both acknowledged, yeah, what was part of kind of who they are, but that they are as much kid as they are Aspie. Um, and I think that's so important because what you just said, that, you know, so many of the the rules and the social nuances that maybe um, are helpful to explicate to these kids are really awfully helpful to pretty much any kid and pretty much any adult. And I've had many, you know, neurotypical friends say, gee, I wish I, you know, beyond I wish I had this when I was 15, I could read this now. Um, or, you know, can you make this for a younger kid so I can read it to, you know, my, neurotypical, right. more, my neurotypical younger child. Um, so what happened in bringing those Asper kids into a series of books, um, basically, through a combination of somewhat unrelated circumstances, my daughter is also a, a Make-A-Wish kid, and so she had had some health challenges and was just her stamina was really down. And we thought, um, you know, schools, and, and we had enrolled her in, in some of the best private schools um, in, in town because, quite frankly, the public schools were not willing to give her any kind of accommodation. So her IQ was too high is basically mm-hmm. what it comes down to. And they told us mm-hmm. that even in her worst days, she would still sail above the others. And I said, but don't we want our children to, you know, be able to excel to their best, and they said, um, yeah, but not really. Um, we, you know, we right. just have to get them to pass. Now, I um, taught for two, only two years formally in the school system, but in my first year of teaching, was fortunate enough to be nominated by my class um, for, the, for Disney's American Teacher of the Year Award. And I, you know, I kind of played that card, wow. and I said, really? Because that's not what I would have wanted to hear. And they said, well, that's the way it is. When we had her in the other schools, um, and again, we go to that, that 2E, that twice exceptional, as I talk about in Asper kids, they didn't know what to do with her because here was a child who is hyperlexic, you know, is reading on a, you know, high school level as a, as a young elementary school student, so they, they skipped her a year. But there are those Swiss cheese holes where her handwriting mm-hmm. or her dexterity or her organizational skills had her, you know, so far below her collaborative skills in trying to do group work. So they would knock her down. She ended up being in five different classrooms in the span of two years. And not ever for behavioral issues. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, but the sort of the final straw was when finally she had to walk past the classroom that she had finally started to like but had been demoted because she couldn't keep up with the organizational things um, back down to kindergarten. And um, she just had an absolute meltdown in the hallway. And, um, you know, the principal kind of ended up coming out and, um, and all, and we got a call that night, and the teacher actually said to us, um, so we just need to ask, do you ever discipline this child? Now, this is one of those 
fabulous moments where my, you know, strong but silent type husband piped up because I was absolutely at a loss for words. And he said, ma'am, right. I was raised by a colonel in the Marines, and I have been a police officer for 15 years, and I can assure you if this were a discipline issue, it would have been handled a long, long time ago. And she was out of that <laughs> I school. It. Yeah, I did too. And you know, she was out of that school that, that week. And basically what we decided was let's just for the sake of, of, of a little continuity and peace Let's just go ahead and homeschool for a year and let her follow her passions where they take her, and mom will help to fill in those those gaps and really sort of ascertain more clearly where those those gaps were. And it was during that year, you know, any of us as mommies know, from the second you're pregnant, everybody's got an opinion on what you should and shouldn't do. And right. as also all those of us who are raising special needs kids know, you've got a lot of professionals involved in your life. So. Mm-hmm. With with the best of intent, but I was, you know, really nervous. No matter how well I thought I knew my kids or how well I understood what they were going through, I was certainly nervous. What are they going to think of, of what I'm doing? And I was prepared for criticism. But oddly enough, the criticism didn't happen. In fact, it, it was sort of the Sally Field-esque other end of the spectrum. You know, it was, it was you like me. You really, really like me. Because right, left, and center, I was getting really insistent, verbose, um, emotional responses from psychologists and psychiatrists and, and OTs and, oh, you know, this is amazing. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And, and this is where my own mind blindness kicked in. I was only diagnosed about six months before I had taken on this homeschooling venture. So oh. I was still having that part, right, of kind of ascertaining what of my own perceptions was ASPE-esque and what was just mom or, you know, um, and I really couldn't figure it out. And I knew the more I asked what's so great about what I'm doing, the more I looked, sounded like I was looking for, you know, a pat on the back. And it turned out um, that it all became clear in a conversation I had with a dear friend of mine who's a professor um, and whose son is classically autistic. And we had attended all the same lectures and all, read all the same books. And she asked me a question. She said, I, you know, my son, I just don't understand why nobody says that, everybody says that, you know, he's, he's got no compassion or no empathy, but look how wonderful he plays with babies all the time. And I kind of gave her an odd look. And I said, "May I? can I be really bluntly asked be honest with you right now? And she said, sure. And I said, well, here's the reason why. I'm going to give you the answer, and then I'm going to ask you a question. The reason is because really young kids and much older kids don't expect the same socially, social um, reciprocity that his peers would. And that's why it's much easier and comfortable. And then I said, why don't you know that? And, <laughs> she, and, she, and she smiled at me, and she said, sweetie, it's because you're asking and I'm not. And da, 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 all the light bulbs went off. And so I said, okay, now I know what to write about. You know, um, And, in fact, it was when one of those psychologists who I truly respect said, you could literally change everything about the way we understand and respect and treat kids with Asperger's syndrome, that it became more of a vocation and less of a, you know, just sort of something things are, people are throwing at me. So I sit down, sat down last summer, last July, and literally in a span of three weeks wrote um, what would be Asper Kids and, um, you know, figuring what the hey clicked on um, to me the what has always been the preeminent publishing company. I am, I've just always um, adored everything that was put out by Jessica Kingsley Publishers. Figured what the hey, I'll send it. It tells you right on the website. You might hear in, you know, six months or so. And three days later, I had an email from Jessica Kingsley of Jessica Kingsley Publishers 
wow. sitting there going, no, no, you know. And I wrote back instantly, and I said, I'm sorry, but you're like a complete celebrity in my house, and I can't believe this, you know. Um, what would you like from me? And she said, do you have the rest of the book? And I said, yeah, I do. You, you know, I had only sent a little bit, sent her the rest of the manuscript, and within two weeks had a contract. Um, and it has just not stopped since then. And that is why I say that this absolutely is obviously something that it's a much bigger, it's a much bigger, bigger wheel that's a turn in, and I just, I'm getting to go for a really cool ride. That is a wonderful story. Wonderful. <laughs> well, your perspective as a parent and an individual, as well as an educator, but an individual with Asperger's, gives you such a unique insider's perspective on what um, our children are going through. Can you uh, explain for parents and educators how uh, the books may help them better understand some of the social, emotional challenges that our, their children experience? Specifically, your hidden social rules. I love the uh, NT World Truths that you have throughout your book. And as, a, as an educator, I look at these, and, and I teach high school, Jennifer, and I think some of this I will incorporate into some social curriculum that I use in my classroom just to, just to continue teaching these skills because teenagers yeah. need as, as you know, um, but your hidden social rules and the way that you've borne them out and made the thinking of the rest of the world, the NT world, so so explicit and so obvious. I just appreciate that. Can you explain why you chose to do that, perhaps, and how it's going to help our children? Absolutely. You know, it's sort of a similar um, backstory in that this really is just so ha- happening so organically. The one thing that um, those professionals I was mentioning before seemed to to jump most eagerly upon was the way I responded to my children's, you know, the nice term is special interests, but let's be frank that most of the world sees it as sort of that obsessive topic that if they hear one more thing about a dinosaur or about a hero (laughs) or about a plane or a chain or Harry Potter, they are going to vomit. Um, But what I did was just intuitively responded to that with my kids as, well, this is their access me here button. And, you know, by using my daughter's, for instance, passion about um, Greek mythology, which directly came from the Percy Jackson young adult novel series, um, you know, that became, well, let's explore music theory and let's talk about um, what each character would respond to if they were making a playlist and why. And that's theory of mind. What, you know, what would they be thinking? How would they respond to that? And um, she, you know, learned learned the Greek alphabet. And then we got that into, you know, into grammar and into um, etymology and, you know, even math because, hey, you know what, let's learn the Pythagorean theorem, even if you're only, you know, eight, because, hey, Pythagoras was Greek. You know, it was amazing what we could do with that. Well, it's it's sort of that same thing, and, and I appreciate um, you're, you're kind of pointing that, yeah, that was exactly as my girlfriend said, it's because you're an athlete. To me, that wasn't um, earth-shattering or, um, you know, mind-blowing. It was incredibly obvious. And the fact that that wouldn't be the way other people would see it was was what was sort of mind-blowing to me. And the same thing happened with the the social rule book, um, which was that I was, and I'll be very frank, I was sitting in my own therapist's office and I was sort of discussing um, a pattern that I had that I had noticed because we Aspies are really good at noticing patterns that other folks don't. And that shows up 
in everything from you know mathematics to quantum physics to music to poetry. Um, and right, Debbie, I if was, I can interrupt you just yeah. one quick second, that's yeah. one of Temple's wonderful analogies she uses all the time is about the pattern thinker, and yeah. I love that. I love that. That really goes in line with things we've discussed with her. Absolutely. And I, I did get to hear her speak once, and yes, and she said that, and I thought, absolutely, yes, 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 um, and because that's exactly what it is. It's, it's almost like seeing... You know, uh, there's that movie, The Matrix, and I think there's a TV, there's a TV show, Numbers. It's almost like seeing the world with this sort of hidden connection, electric connection. Connection. I call it the ASCII ether that's mm-hmm. around that we just sort of seem attuned to. Um, and that, you know, with everything, there's the give and the take. There are things that we don't notice because we're busy notice, noticing those things. And that's neither is better or, or worse. It's really the combination of the two viewpoints and experiences, I think, that make a, a more interesting and productive world. But, you know, responding to the social rules part, I was in that office and, and all of a sudden I was scribbling something down in a notebook and the the psychologist said, um, I'm sorry, but what are you doing? And I said, that was a rule. I have to write that down. She, she said, what do you mean that was a rule? And I said, well, see, there are all these rules that you guys just seem to know. Um, and again, you guys, because I, at that point I'm a new Aspie. Um, and I said, and, and now I'm realizing it's, that it's not been, you know, 34 years of making incredibly dumb mistakes that I can't understand how someone with a mental level IQ could be making. I'm not a failure. I just simply am not ever going to see this any more than I'm ever going to have the natural experience of being anything other than redhead or female. That's just not how I, I'm wired. And so I had started this little book of my own rules um, that I kind of needed to take note of. And, and she said, well, c- could you do me a favor? Could you write one of those for my my other clients, my younger ones, maybe even. Um, and it happened to be that I that I that I taught middle school and high school, so those were just the ages that I initially went to. Um, and so, literally, every rule in there basically comes from things that I either wrote for myself um, or wrote for my children. Um, and my kids really enjoy when I when I um, back those rules up with anecdotes um, that embarrass mommy pr- profoundly. So, you know, I figure it was only fair that if I was going to be telling a world full of teens and tweens, do this, don't do this, that it needed to come across in a way. But while you're at it, you can completely laugh at me because guess what? You are so not alone in this. And, in fact, one of the things we're looking right. at doing now is uh, I may be co-authoring with my 9-year-old daughter to make an elementary um, school-aged version, and, and that's what she wants to call it. You are so totally not alone. <laughs> oh, I like uh, that. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the, those, um, those things that are incredibly obvious, to those not on the spectrum, and I do, I call them, you know, the hidden NT rules, they're just not obvious to us. You know, everything from the fact that um, the neurotypical world sees friendships and relationships, uh, uh, you know, essentially in, in layers and levels, um, in tiers, if you will. We don't. Um, you know, what, and this is so anti, you know, that, that girl game thing, the whole mean girl um queen bees and wannabes, I mean, we are about as say what we feel and what we think as it as it goes, and of course sometimes have to learn to uh, sandwich that, um, which is something we talk I talk about, about you know how you say something is as important as what you're trying to say and when you're saying it. Um, but that when that's 
who you are incredibly honest. You don't get the fact that someone who says they're your friend isn't necessarily, or just because you've met someone and they seem really kind, that they're not of the same um, level of intimacy and are going to be very uncomfortable if you start sharing incredibly personal anecdotes um, because to you it's a nice person, it's a friend, and a friend is a friend is a friend. Um, And what ends up happening is that inadvertently we make a lot of people very uncomfortable without meaning to, and when people are uncomfortable they generally do one of two things. They turn their back or they get mean um, and try to either get you to fall in line, which we're just never, ever going to naturally do, or to get you to go away. And that's why, you know, the levels of depression um, are so great And um, among Asper kids. And, you know, having been there myself, I, I know that and I get that. And so I hope what I bring to not only to the adults um, and to the educators, but also to the kids who then will be reading is sort of that level of street cred, for for lack of a better term. I get it. I've been there. And, you know, my, my hope is that Asper Kids, the first book, um, will serve as a foundation. That's how Jessica Kingsley expresses it, that it will be the foundation piece that establishes a better understanding, a better um, sort of translation for the NT world to understand what's going on with their Aspie kids. And then the second book being for the Aspie teens and tweens, what's going on with the rest of the world. Um, and what will be coming up next is actually really, really exciting. Is um, just finished writing it. It's going to be a hardcover, gorgeously photographed book um, about prepare. It's called Asper Kid Cape Sold Separately, Preparing the Hearts and Homes of Everyday Superheroes. And it is, um, we are going to be launching um, the Asper Kid Collection with Montessori Services, um, which is the largest provider of practical life tools um, and um Oh gosh, books and gizmos and gadgets and, and fabulous, fabulous things that that are simple and elegant and in line with the Montessori philosophy. Philosophy, which is to let the child lead you, and um, that mm-hmm. that they are all innately curious and wanting to grow. And it's it's going to be some just amazing things um, coming. Well, we are going to be watching for that because that sounds wonderful. It's so cool. It's <clears throat> so cool. I'm so proud of them also for for wanting to get on board. Um, so wow, they were one of the first really recipients of of the seal of awesomeness. So. <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. And, you know, something I wanted to add real quick here, too, is I was listening to you talk about how our truth-telling sometimes gets us into trouble, and it reminded me of something that uh, one of the guests we've had on, Dr. Linda Silverman, who's also mm-hmm. just a wonderful expert in giftedness and twice exceptional. Mm-hmm. And and she said this, and, you know, I think it's so true. It definitely would apply to what you're describing in Asperger syndrome and so many of us who, who are at um, so many of our kids and, and these individuals who are at a high-functioning level, but yet, you know, we're different. And um, she said, this is just wonderful, and it really goes to what you said. Giftedness is not what you do or, or how hard you work. It's who you are. You mm. think differently. You mm. experience life intensely. You mm-hmm. care about injustice. You mm-hmm. seek meaning. You appreciate and strive for the exquisite. The, I'm sorry, the exquisite. <laughs> you are painfully sensitive. You are extremely complex. You cherish integrity. Your truth-telling has gotten you into trouble. Should 98% of the population find you odd, seek the company of those who love you just the way you are. You are not broken. You do not need to be fixed. You are utterly fascinating. Trust yourself. Dr. Linda Silverman. Love 
Love, love, love. <laughs> yes, that's exactly that is exactly it, and so spot on, and so brilliant, and beautiful. You know, and what's hard is that when you are in that that small percentage, um, and this is actually one of those social rules that I'm I'm trying very hard to work with my daughter on because it's one that gave me a hard time for a, a, a well a, a long part of my um, growing up that. The ability to um, catalog, regurgitate, analyze um, facts, you know, uh, libraries worth of facts. It is impressive. It will impress both adults and sometimes even children. But impressing people is not how we get them to like us, and it is not how we make friends. And unfortunately, it, that's something that's very, very hard to discern for these kids who are, like Dr. Silverman was saying, you know, that searching for the exquisite. And when you are that person, it's awfully heartbreaking to not understand how that which is so you and that which is so exquisite can also be so danged off-putting. That's right. That's exactly right. And so, and something before I forget here, too, that I want to be sure to ask you, because there's just so much. This is so exciting that you've got just an abundance of information. But if if I can, in your newest book, in the Asperger Kids Secret Book of Social Rules, mm-hmm. if you could tell us, if you could just pick one to three rules yep. that you would like um, for the teens and tweens with Asperger's Syndrome to remember, and maybe um, a couple of things for the parents and educators to remember. If you could sum it up and just give us a couple things for each group mm-hmm. of what they can take away. Absolutely. Well, one I kind of mentioned before, which is that levels of friendship, and that's something I, I really specifically break down to really clear parameters because we need those. And that will um, really haunt those kids both um, socially now as young people, but then also as they get into the work world um, and as they start, uh, you know, dating. Um, that's a big one. And so understanding that NTs see friendships and levels and that we need to know what those levels are in order to successfully negotiate everything from, you know, middle school to prom to um, college to uh, the work world it, it's a must and that it, that requires help from other people um you know i think a couple of the others um are that being right is not always the most important thing um and sometimes being part of an experience is more important than making the accuracy of the experience and that's unco- uncomfortable for us who you know we like things to be exactly exactly right um that's really yeah. tough but it's but it's super important and that i think the other the other one would you know for me um is that change is the only thing that is certain in life and that um <laughs> If that's one for all of us, I know, but, you know, when it comes to the the reality that wanting to be excellent is good, wanting to improve is great, but wanting to be perfect is arrogant. And there's always going to be somebody who's better in something and the learning that that's okay and that someone else being excellent doesn't mean you are any less excellent. Those would be my kind of top picks. Those are wonderful. Excellent. Well, can you please tell us when your new book comes out and uh, where parents can find you on Twitter, Facebook, on the web? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, the, the the website for the company is Asper Kids, A-S-P-E-R-K-I-D-S 
dot com, and um, there's information about the different books and um, the different programs. Um, the Ask for Kids Seal of Awesomeness, um, which is sort of our good housekeeping seal of approval, and sort of all the different things that are coming up. The Ask for Kids Facebook page is literally just that Ask for Kids again on Facebook, and that's really active. And I try to make sure it's also really fun and funny as well as being useful. Um, and on Twitter, it's Ask for Kids Tweets. Um, just to keep for the consistency. So um, that those are definitely really important ways to, to sort of stay abreast of all the things that we're doing because they are really, really exciting and um, apparently pretty new, and, and I love that. So um, And, you know, the books, um, the first book, Ask for Kids, came out in May, so that's readily available, you know, whether you go to a Barnes & Noble or um, Amazon um, or whatever your, your first choice might be. Um, the second book, The Secret Book of Social rules is available for pre-order now which means you have a very limited le- time left of getting a little discount and beyond that will um, be on shelves or released on uh, September 15th in the U.S. and October 15th um, internationally. So, um, And then the, the follow-up to that will be in February and we can talk about that later. <laughs> well, we definitely and we will. We would love to have you back oh, again, I'm sure. My pleasure. Um, Thank you. You have been just a, a wellspring of information and just uh, there's so many good resources in here, whether you're a parent, an educator, or an individual, um, or an adult who uh, has just recently come to find out that some of these things make sense to you that haven't mm-hmm. made sense. Mm-hmm. And um, we're just we're just so thankful for your talk tonight and everything that you're so willing to share. And you know, you're a busy lady too, with three growing children and. <laughs> and a family of your own. So we thank you for taking the time and joining us tonight, Jennifer. Truly, truly a pleasure and an honor because I think you you both really just have some such a special message that just is not out there enough. And so I was I th- literally thrilled to get the invitation. So thank you so much. Well, we appreciate well, the compliment. Go ahead, Rebecca. And I was just going to say I'm looking so forward to the educational line through the Montessori program. Oh. Uh, I just I can't wait to see what you're going to do with that. And it's just exciting to hear about all of your opportunities. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the, mind's, the mind is bubbling. That's not a typical Aussie <laughs> thing, right? I know. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And we're, and again, as always, we're very thankful to Marianne Russo and the Coffee Clatch for hosting the Bright Not Broken radio show. And we look forward to, to more talks with Jennifer Cook O'Toole. Please do um, get her first book. Get prepared for this second book because it'll be here very very soon thank you all and have a wonderful evening thank you ladies good night